0: Coming from the McDowell Heating and Air Studio, welcome to the True Crime Mamas podcast. We are a not-for-profit organization dedicated to shedding light on the many tragic homicide and missing person cases across North Carolina. We strive to honor victims and their loved ones by honestly and non-sensationally sharing their stories.
1: Hey, True Crime Mamas and friends, this is Jenny. Today, I've got a little mini-sode for you guys. We've been working really hard to bring you some really great but super intense cases, and some of those have been taking a tad longer than we anticipated. But we didn't want to leave you guys hanging, so we decided it would be fun if we each took a turn giving you guys a little mini-sode. These are cases not necessarily in North Carolina, but cases that are intriguing to us or are close to home for us. Today, I'm going to talk about a case that was huge in my hometown in Orange County, California. I actually knew one of the main characters in this case since junior high school. This is a case involving two successful business partners, Ed Shin and Chris Smith, and one of them ends up dead. So ABC News 2020 covered this case in an episode called Cutthroat. 2020 actually contacted me and several other of my high school classmates for the episode. I didn't really want to be on camera, so I declined. Besides, I didn't really have much to say that would really be relevant. I knew Ed over 25 years ago, and we were just kids, so I really couldn't give that much info. So let me tell you a little bit about Ed. I met him in junior high school. Like I said, we had classes together all throughout junior high and high school. I remember we actually took Psych 1 and Psych 2 together, which I kind of find ironic now. He was super smart, really nice, a good guy. He was really active in our school. He was in the Key Club, Key He even played golf for our high school. He was an only child of Korean immigrants. Everything that he did, he did well. He was the guy that would have been voted most likely to succeed. After our stint at El Toro High School, he went on to get his degree from UC San Diego. He got married, had three kids, he was an upstanding member of his community, a member of a Christian megachurch, and from all outward appearances looked like a successful businessman and family man. In 2008, Ed was given a really good job for a lead generating company called LG Technologies. A member of his church owned this company and had hired him to help run the company. And that's where he met Chris Smith. Chris Smith was a surfer, the stereotypical guy when you think of a SoCal kind of guy. He was tall and handsome with his sun-kissed blonde hair. He was born and raised in Southern California. He was into wakeboarding, surfing, outdoorsy, athletic, adventurous. He was described as being kind of an adrenaline junkie, but also wanted to be financially successful and travel the world. Ed and Chris were super successful at LG Technologies, top one and two sales guys in the company. Ed became president of the company. He and Chris became friends, and they decided to start their own business adventure called the 800 Exchange. The company did the exact same thing as the one that they were working for, lead generating. So here we have two guys, both young, promising entrepreneurs. Their company, 800 Exchange, became successful the company was making millions. Chris even hired his younger brother, Paul, to work at the company. From all appearances, Chris looked like he had it all. A successful company, lots of money, nice cars, a beautiful girlfriend named Erica that he was super serious about. He had expressed to his family that she might be the one, and he was very much in love with her. But despite all the success, Chris also was ex- kind of telling his friends and family That he wanted to be done with it all, go off the grid, and travel, and do his own thing. He was a free spirit, and he wanted more adventure in his life. According to his brother Paul, the stress and pressure of owning a business was a bit much for Chris. Like I said, he was a free spirit and longed for more adventure. Okay, so bear with me. We're going to jump around a bit just to give you the bigger picture of this situation. In June 2010, Chris's friends and family received an email from him saying that he sold his share of the business that he had with Ed Shin and was going off the grid, going to sail the world in a leased yacht. So he was going to go on this three-week trip to the Galapagos Islands and Costa Rica. Another email was sent a few weeks later in July, saying he was having this amazing time with this woman named Tiffany Taylor, who was a former Playboy Playmate, even sent pictures of her in the email. Poor Erica found out in an email that Chris was with Tiffany sailing the world. The emails kept coming to his family, saying that he was having the time of his life, going to all these different places like Argentina, Peru. His mother would respond to the emails by asking him to send pictures and telling him to enjoy his time, but he never sent any pictures. Over time, the emails started getting darker with a more unsettling tone to them, saying things like he never wanted to come back, he was having suicidal thoughts. His family knew something was really wrong, and they were worried. Emails to family over the months sounded very unlike Chris, really moody and depressed. Then, again, back to happy and adventurous. In one email, he told his family he ditched the playmate and went out on his own with the yacht. At this point, his family became really worried that something was truly wrong with Chris, and they alerted the police. Police decided it would be a good idea to talk to his former business partner, Ed Shin. So investigators looked into Ed who uncovered that ed basically led two lives the one is the religious family man and the second is this guy who essentially had a huge gambling problem he was a high roller gambler like could win or lose a hundred thousand dollars in just a couple hours to the point where casinos would actually comp these insane suites for him because he was gambling so much at the casino Ed was living large. He was taking these trips out to Vegas to gamble, be be around beautiful women, buying the most expensive suits, luxurious cars, living this totally double life. Investigators found that Ed had embezzled money out of his former employer, LG Technologies, when he was the president of the company. And all the while, he was developing a rival company doing the exact same thing as the company he was president of. His former employer had a forensic financial audit done that determined that Ed had embezzled over two or three million, depending on the sources that you find from LG Technologies. Ed was charged in October 2009 with fel- felony embezzlement. Even with Ed's embezzlement charge, his and Chris's company, the 800 Exchange, was still doing really, really well, making about a million dollars a month. But Chris never knew how much Ed was really spending. These lavish trips to Vegas, the gambling, all that was becoming very concerning to Chris. And he started to think that if Ed could steal from his old employer, he could do it again. And he'd do it to him. Around March 2010, things between Ed and Chris had really begun to go sour. And Chris felt he really couldn't trust Ed anymore and realized he's in business with a con man. So he decided he was going to contact an attorney. Chris told the attorney that he felt Ed was going to try to defraud him by stealing his share of the company. He asked his attorney to help him secure his interest in the company. Ed was convicted of felony embezzlement of May 2010 and made an agreement to avoid jail time by paying restitution in the amount of $800,000. So here's the problem. Chris Smith had to agree to take the $800,000 out of their company, the 800 exchange, as he's part owner of the company. Ed needed Chris's signature to free up the money to pay the restitution. Chris didn't want to sign anything because he wanted to make sure that the money that belonged to him was secure. Makes sense. The $800,000 restitution was due the week of June 7th of 2010, and Ed was in huge financial trouble. He had this $800,000 restitution to pay to LG Technologies, plus some other huge gambling debts in Vegas. So bless Chris, he had trusted his friend and business partner, Ed Shin, the whole time they were in a partnership. Chris told his brother, Paul, that Ed took care of all the financials within the company. But Chris, given Ed's history of fraud and embezzlement, wanted to see the books for himself. He expected to see millions of dollars in the account, all the company's profits. Around June 4, 2010, he and Ed made a deal so that Chris could access the account so he could see, so he can see them for himself. Chris sent an email on the 4th to his attorney stating that he was about to meet with Ed to go over those financial statements. Later that day, the attorney gets another email from Chris stating that he made a buyout agreement with Ed to sell his share of the company. Weird. Wasn't the whole reason he hired the attorney was to make sure his interests were protected? Hmm. So why all of a sudden would he just agree to a buyout? On June 7th, Chris sent an email to his attorney saying that the buyout documents were still being prepared, but that he was about to go on a vacation to South America for a few weeks. So during all of this, apparently Chris didn't mention any of this to his younger brother Paul, who again also worked for Ed and Chris's company. A few weeks prior to all of this, Chris dropped Paul and his wife off at the airport so they can go to a wedding up in Oregon and have a vacation. Chris was supposed to pick them up from the airport when they returned back to Southern California, but he never showed up, and Paul never saw his brother again. Paul was frantically trying to find his brother, since all of his calls were going to voicemail. At one point, Paul called Ed and was absolutely shocked when he found out that Chris sold all of his shares of the business and took off on a yacht to South America, leaving everything behind, including his cell phone. But then again, he knew how much stress and pressure the company was on Chris, so he was actually kind of relieved for him to know that he sold out and was done with it. He knew he would be happier this way. Two months after Chris supposedly took off to South America, more emails were coming from Chris saying that he was having a blast exploring the world. Eventually, his parents became really concerned. They started to ask questions within their email exchanges, things like, What lake do we live next to? What kind of boat do we have? Things that Chris would know the answers to. When the answers to those questions came back correctly, Chris's parents kind of figured things were okay. Several months go by and another email comes to Brother Paul that Chris is now in India. What was supposed to be just a one-month trip has now turned into five months Chris says in this particular email that it's amazing being totally off the grid. No bank account, no phone, nothing. This whole time, Paul continued to work at the 800 exchange with Ed. So check this out. Ed is still living large, doing the Vegas thing. In October 2010, Ed takes staff and clients to events in Vegas, hosting dinners for these clients. Playboy Playmates are attending to as atmosphere models hired by Ed. Paul is along with him for one of these Vegas trips. Paul sees that woman, Tiffany Taylor, the one who was supposedly traveling with Chris at the start of this whole thing. Paul went and sat right right next to Tiffany and started talking to her. He asked her about her travels with Chris to the Galapagos Islands in South America. She looked at him like she had no idea what he was talking about. Well, that's a big giant red flag that something has gone horribly wrong. So now other emails are coming from Chris. These are sounding really bad, like he's depressed, and in one email he even expressed some suicidal thoughts. Then another email, he's sounding happy and everything's okay. December 2010 rolls around. Chris sends Paul another email saying he's now in Africa, heading up the Congo, paying his way through with gold coins, having an amazing time, and that was his last email. His family was worried sick and reported Chris missing in March 2011. They were working with international authorities to try to track down where Chris's passport had been used. Eventually, they came to find out that Chris's passport hadn't been used in years. It seemed like he had never left the country. The family asks Ed Shin about this. Ed gives them some story about Chris needing a fake passport. But why would he want one? Why would he even need a fake passport? At this point, Laguna Beach police take over this case. They bring Ed in for questioning, who told them that Chris came in that day back in June 2010 to sign over his share of the business, but apparently Chris showed up drunk as piss, said that Chris destroyed the office, vomiting and breaking bottles of wine. Ed said they signed the buyout papers, hugged, and that was the last he ever saw of Chris. Ed said that he had to close the office for a day or two after that to have the office professionally cleaned. Police come to find out back in 2011 that Ed's company, 800 Exchange, had moved to another location. There was a private investigator in the space next to where 800 Exchange had been and who decided to look into this case. The PI looks at the emails and thinks they're all phony. Then he decides he wants to take a look inside the old office space. The landlord said that the police never went there to investigate. The PI goes into Chris's old office, notices some dark stains on the light switch and the door jam and the stains look like blood. The PI then alerts the police, and using good old luminol, the office area lights up like a Christmas tree. Police were able to confirm that the blood was in fact Chris's. Ed eventually admitted to the police that he killed Chris Smith, but that it had nothing to do with money. Ed said that he and Chris got into an argument. They pushed and shoved each other, and Chris fell and cracked his head on the corner of a desk, and he just bled out. Ed said he freaked out and called an associate, associate a russian guy who took chris's body and got rid of it somehow and that's all he knows the two of them really did meet on june 4th 2010 but who knows what really happened inside that office police did find out that ed rented a truck and drove 170 miles east of san diego into the desert near the mexican border they found this through ed's cell phone pings so it doesn't really seem like he called any russian associates to get rid of the body He went into the desert and took care of it himself. Ed said that he drove out there because he was freaking out, that he had accidentally killed Chris and he was going to flee to Mexico, but he just couldn't go through with it. All of that is bullshit, in my opinion. So basically, Ed had a lot of debt. The restitution, the gambling, and all of that. Chris wanted a million dollars to buy out his share of the company. Ed couldn't afford that, so he had to get rid of Chris so he can have full control over the company so he can pay off all of his debt. He killed Chris, then started sending those emails to his family pretending to be Chris, happily sailing the world without a care in the world and with a Playboy playmate. Until it all caught up to him. Chris's body has never been found. In 2018, Ed Shin was put on trial for first-degree murder. The jury came back with a verdict in less than an hour and found him guilty for first-degree murder and was sentenced to life in prison. To this day, Ed maintains that Chris's death was an accident and that he had contacted the Russian guy to take care of the body. He stated he regrets everything that went on afterward, sending the emails to the family, deceiving them for months, that Chris was alive and well and traveling the globe. He maintains he does not know where the body is. My guess is that he doesn't want police to find it because the body will tell a much different story of what really happened to Chris other than Ed's story that he accidentally hit his head and bled out. I feel like Ed has nothing more to lose at this point. You're serving life in prison. Just tell the family where Chris's body is so they can put him to rest. Well, that's my story. Thank you guys for listening to my not-so-mini-sode. See you next time.
0: True Crown Mamas podcast is a production of TCM Productions. Theme music curated by the talented Sam Morrison with the Arkham Falls podcast. Cover art created by design extraordinaire Marley Soden. Studio sponsored by McDowell Heating and Air. Keep your home comfortable all year with McDowell Heating and Air. True Crown Mamas podcast is property of True Crown Mamas Nonprofit Corporation. Support True Crown Mamas by following us on Instagram and Facebook and check out our website, at TrueCrownMamasPodcast.com for sources and more.